Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Macabre Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. And today, we talk to Dr. Allison J. Hay about energy healing in our everyday lives and what life is like being a constant magnet for abundance <laughs> in Buddhism. We are reminded that good health, good company of loving family and friends, and having our basic needs met, such as comfortable housing, healthy food, and a direct connection to Christ consciousness within each of us, makes us healthy beyond infinity. So with that, Dr. K, welcome to Merkava Chakras. Thank you, Vaughn. I'm excited to be here and see what unfolds in this time with you where this interview goes oh thank you for accepting the invitation so let's get into um some of the wonderful things that you have to offer people um okay so before we get into your work can you please tell everyone how you even got into this work well it was always natural for me i always have felt this connection to um going out in nature for example with my older brother when i was uh walking from walking age on up and just connecting and feeling totally connected with the trees, the elementals, the creeks. Um, and then it became me writing in a journal as a teen, connecting in with my higher self and learning, I guess, how to more focus that interconnectivity. And I entered as a psych major in college because um, my mom had said, you know, you're really good with people and understanding them at a very uh, basic level and understanding people. And so I felt the fit. I went in, but after three semesters was like, this isn't answering the question of how do we be the happiest, most thriving versions of ourselves. So ever since then, I've been kind of looking at without problem solving, instead approaching life from more of a human potential perspective, how do we be the most thriving, joyous versions of ourselves possible? Yeah. So, so you started off in psych and then, um, and then you kind of like, what, did you finish school and get your degree in psychology and then went to the corporate world in psychology? And then you kind of veered off into doing your own um, work or, I mean, how did you get into writing the books? I mean, yeah, it's nothing experience. like what you just said. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but you're you yeah, thank you. You're you're asking for the rest of the story. Um, and I'll give it to you. Sorry, I was just trying to keep it brief. Um, so forgive me, those of you who are follow, followers of me and you've heard this story before. Um, so what happened, Vaughn, was I did not 
end up, I switched majors after that third semester realizing, wow, you're so focused on hardwiring and using mm -hmm. a psychology like in a capitalistic application of industrial management and just wasn't answering the basic question um, that I just said. So I switched into a major in mass communications to understand ultimately how we're conditioned by advertising. And mm -hmm. then majors into social thought, political economy to look at how we're conditioned by our politics and society. And ultimately my last um, major that I had a, ended up with my bachelor's in is English literature and creative writing. So I could study humanity and psychology of humans and society from a, an artistic or in an artistic form. Mm. Moved, so I moved out West um, after getting that bachelor's to go for my master's in creative writing. And during the wait time after submitting my stories for entry, I synchronistically got offered a job as a political organizer and Ooh. consultant. And I hit my stride succeeding so quickly up the ranks that they threw me on these really important uh, campaigns and I had huge success. And so I was getting a little bit stressed because mm -hmm. I really wanted to deliver with getting an, a, a conservation-minded candidate elected into both the state and, and at the federal level. And so mm -hmm. a book flew off a shelf in a bookstore and stopped me in my tracks on meditation. Oh, yeah. I learned to meditate and uh -huh. from there rather quickly began to teach meditation because it was such a natural fit for me. And meanwhile, like I was visiting the Chinatown in San Francisco. I think it's the best one. Maybe it is. Time in the country even better than new york cities and so i would i picked up a book on the I Ching, and i would just kind of there was a natural interest for me even though i was doing work within the native american medicine wheel community there was a natural interest for me in what the wisdom of Tao te ching and lao su and um, ancient Taoist philosophy held and so from there uh campaign season ended, I went backpacking around the world, lived in on a Greek island for a month, lived in Israel for a month, lived in England, blah, blah, blah. Came back, went for my master's um, in pu now public administration with the focus on environmental policy, graduated. Mm -hmm. And as I was graduating, I picked up um, my first energy medicine modality, which is mm. Yusui Reiki. And it was, I'm only six removed from the founder of Reiki. It's, it's a very pure lineage I was able yeah. to become a part of. And um, so as I was graduating, I was job hunting and, and I was asking the question, where will I affect more change if I'm within the system, like in an EPA locally or nationally, or if I'm outside the system, like in an NGO or nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, that feeling of when like, it doesn't seem like things are flowing and it's just like doors are. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I felt that sense of like pushing and making happen. And, and so I pulled back and I asked, you know, my intuition, my higher self, hmm, what's, what does this mean? If I am going to affect change, how best do I do this? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I got given the awareness that the fossil fuel industry was way still too steeped in um, the marketplace and in common everyday life. It wasn't ready at all to shift then. And ironically, mm -hmm. I found out later that was when Gore, who uh, left politics and started to film An Inconvenient Truth and traveled around the world with An Inconvenient Truth and mm -hmm. eventually won that Nobel Peace Prize for it. I stepped mm -hmm. out of politics for environmental conservation and out of environmental conservation at that same time. Going back into my bachelor's, using that in the classroom, as a classroom teacher working with consciousness one at a time in the public mm -hmm. school system, but also running energy medicine and holistic wellness sessions as a second revenue stream alongside that. That's very so, common. A lot of people do a kind of a tangent or kind of a side hustle 
as a <laughs> they guess they call them now a side hustle or a extra job or they well, do their that energy. for me it was more mission based it was like how <laughs> can i affect consciousness and how can i get the most change and i was teaching meditation in the classroom to uh, middle school boys in particular ones who mm. were labeled add and adhd i was teaching qigong what i had already learned about qigong um to the boys in the in the club there were girls too uh so i was already delivering the applicable actions of how do i help conscious how do i create the mm -hmm. most change possible through working with consciousnesses one at a time to getting them to shift so mm -hmm. i was in a session with a client um and she was in a third session of a group of 10 and I had my hands over her third and second chakra and I chakras, she'd already gotten really great results. And mm -hmm. I was, I looked up and asked my higher self and guidance, Hey, so how can I get even more robust results for my clients? This is great. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I was starting to feel caged, um, both from the lack of abundance in, I had a master's and I was barely able to cover basic needs. Um, mm -hmm. That wasn't okay with me. Plus I had this feeling I was being caged for like decades ahead. And I had already traveled around the world a couple of times and, and yeah. was an exchange student, even in high school down in Venezuela. So I always had the sense of adventure and jumping out mm -hmm. of planes and dancing and just, you know, testing right. and skiing and having fun. And so the sense of being caged and non-freedom and just struggle wasn't okay with me. So these two things converged. I learned about um, within about a month's time after having, this isn't okay, this cage feeling and this lack of um, abundance and how can I get more robust results for my clients um, to me learning about the international school system. And so I did what I had to do to mm. um, get in a position to get interviewed by all the different international school heads that came in from schools I was interested in right. interviewing like with play all around the world and chose to go to Taiwan, the small democratic nation where you can practice mm -hmm. and they do practice with more freedom, the traditional Chinese and Taoist beliefs. And so I felt like I was going to not only the seat of understanding how subtle energy flows and how consciousness works, but also who was still operating from it today, not like yeah. in the West, how it's kind of gone underground with the secret societies and mystery schools after the alchemists. So during the enlightenment period, so, um, I spent a decade in Asia studying subtle energy, studying how energy flows. I got certified in India um, as a, a yoga teacher. I became a Qigong teacher. I would go to the monasteries and visit and ask questions and tour around and chant. Um, mm. I get traditional treatments and ask questions as I was getting the traditional treatment. So I eventually pieced together this entire vibrational upgrade system. Um, I hadn't created it yet, but came back to the States with a mission of man, there would be so much less suffering and more thriving right. if we in the West understood rather than ran from internal, going internal and focus on the external. If we understood, if we were to work with our subtle energy system and consciousness, just how much more of our potential could be brought forth. So that's been my mission since 2010. And in these awakening times, it's been brilliant to help have people understand that the mayhem that's been going on since around 2012 it's 2012 to 2032 is our spiritual awakening i did a show on voice america for two and a half years interviewing specialists about this mm -hmm. and even went to chichen itza on december 21st 2012 as one of the specialists myself um and we did a special ceremony with the mayan shaman and i have understood that these times we're in are unparalleled with the vast leap in evolution humanity is making yeah.
and it is our yeah. spiritual awakening. So I feel like coming out of the most recent eclipse, um, the full moon, super moon, it's really a turning point for, we've been through the period of all of the old stuff that is no longer working, rising to the surface, mm -hmm. where things have been misaligned, where there's been abuses of power. So these are all starting to crumble and yet the new has to be built. And so we're in the stage of turning the corner and starting to look at, okay, yeah. what can we still create now? We're coming out of the cocoon kind of, you know, I want to ask you something um, because you have a background in um, like when you got out of college and, and we're, we're going to be talking about money, magnet, abundance, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, using your journey in your career path to have your journey of what you love doing right now and being abundant with it. Um, a lot of people, especially young people who listen to this are trying to figure out what to do with themselves, what they're going to want to do, et cetera. But with you, after you graduated, you got into grassroots um, efforts for a political campaign. Um, and this is something I've, I've definitely noticed. I mean, I'm, a, I'm American. I live here in Seattle, Washington, but I also travel and I know a lot of people from around the world, et cetera, et cetera. And one thing that I hear often from people in other countries is um, they, and I, I, I will agree with this too, is that politics in America is so polarizing and it's so much of an identity for people. It almost looks, and I quote one of my friends from Italy said, you guys look like a cult. You pick your cult and then you hate the other. And then you spend a lot of your time um, just going through these these uh, political fields. And you don't even hear the other side because you're so much into your uh, into your identity. Um, and you just found another sophisticated way in which to hate each other and then um, not work together. So... This is a perspective that I hear commonly from friends in Asia, in Europe, in Africa. I work in IT and we talk to everybody all over the world, um, you know, engineers all in, in India and other places. So, um, and I can't disagree with them because I recognize that. So um, from your background in working in, um, in politics for that time frame, and then looking at what's going on with this country, our country right now, in terms of the very black and white pol polarity in identity politics. What is your opinion on kind of where does this go in terms of, um, you know, awakening and this time frame they talking about from 2012 to 20, I think 30, 35 is what you said. So can you, can you give us your insight on, on this phenomenon? <laughs> so, um, 2012 to 2032 is a 20 year window and it's considered our greatest evolutionary leap within that time was the Trump era. And I believe that was an aberration and it was specific to the awakening times. So from, if you look at 2012 to 2032, that's a 20 year window. Let's add one mm -hmm. on easy division and divide it into thirds. So mm -hmm. thirds means three sevens. So the first seven years adding that on to 2012 brings us to 2019. Mm -hmm. In the first time of this massive evolutionary change, it included having all the buried dysfunction rise to the surface, massive clearing and massive purging. So that includes us humans and it includes our institutions, whether it's banking, politics, education, whatever. So in that time, 
the identity politics, the cult-like personality politics that you, you quoted feedback about is, I, from my perspective, historical perspective and educated perspective, is it was an aberration from the nature of the times we're in so that more could be brought to the surface. I wrote about this in my third book, Reasonable Dragons. It's the mm -hmm. one of my four books that's available on audible.com. And wow, what the, per so I don't feel like the current nature of what's happening politically is typical for American politics. It's just in, in natural healing, in energy medicine, when I work with the client, the way mm -hmm. our mind, body, spirit system is designed, there is this phenomena of like the fever has to peak before it breaks when one of your kids yeah. fever. Yeah, yeah. It's the same kind of phenomena. It's called actually a healing response. And anybody who works with me, I give them this document from decades of experience seeing how people will have their ego mind misinterpret, this seems to be getting worse or I'm going backwards. When in fact, it's that peaking before breaking and then the shift that they're asking for comes in. Right. So what, what we're seeing right now is a squeezing contraction on identity. And what I say what I have understood and nowadays say identity is connected with is the ego or the ego mm -hmm. mind as we talked yeah. about it in meditation and in Buddhism. So what we're doing in these spiritual awakening times is learning to live beyond that identity and that small me, small I self mm -hmm. and learning how to come into more of a heart alignment. Um, the Dalai Lama said, and I quoted him in my first book, what if there's nothing wrong? He said, it's a Western woman who's going to change the world. Mm -hmm. So I bring that up because we have incredible liberties in the United States. We're also the only country on the planet Earth that has the makeup it has. We are mm -hmm. a very unique experiment. And yeah. as, as we move forward, we're providing, we, we provide a role model for the world, you know, for good and bad. Mm -hmm. I learned when I, for example, when I was traveling one time in, in, uh, I was in Bangkok with a buddy of mine and we were sitting outside at a tableside res uh, riverside restaurant mm -hmm. and this guy came up who was a part of the recent, I don't want to name the country because I just don't want to, but they had right. just gone through um, some type of civil war where they, the guy came up, he heard my accent, he heard us talking, or maybe he heard my buddy's accent and he started just spewing you know you americans you take your democ democracy for granted and we i just came from seeing a bunch of my friends die and i just had to fight for my own democracy and so i learned from there on in it's easier for me when i travel whether it was the trump era or way before that to lie mm -hmm. and canadian and i would typically yeah. get mistaken as a canadian because i have a, a more a and, and, and surfer kind of easygoing mentality. You, you kind of have a, um, a native, um, a, a, like a, a native look, like a, like you could pass for a little bit of native Canadian. Oh my God. I've never been told that. How fun is that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of like, like some, some, some people in the United States have a little percentage of Cherokee that kind of, you know, comes out in their, um, their cosmology. You, you can kind of pass for native Canadian a little bit. Thanks. So, a little saying. Eskimo. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so yeah, we're, 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 we've been screwed up, but we're not the only place in the country. And like Chile had mm -hmm. uh, streetwide protests this year or last year. Other countries yeah. that hardly have ever had, not Venezuela and not Moscow, but even Moscow, Russia has had protests streetwide, which has been a really new phenomena. Um, in recent well, phenomena. England so, just had a huge um, freedom but march England over the weekend. 
But England, England's not a good example in, in what I'm talking about because they're oh. used to protesting. They're oh, used okay. to be able to even use their voices to speak up against abuses of authority, abuses of power. What right. I'm saying is this spiritual awakening time across the board, humans are awakening and everything has to be brought into alignment, including our institutions, our politics, our governments, our banking, our healthcare, our education systems so that there's no longer those abuses of power and it's brought into alignment with the higher self and the heart. Right. Right. And so what we had come forward from the Trump era politics was for that purpose. We will eventually shift beyond this identity politics, but the identity clamping, the, the polarization that's so intense right now, it wasn't there when I was in politics. And it's there now because yeah. I consider it a symptom of the fever is peaking before it breaks, before we move into something better. Because right. the next thing coming in is unity. So what's the opposite yeah. of unity? Polarization. Yeah, yeah. And you you explained that beautifully. I've, I've asked similar questions about the polar nature of current affairs um with different guests and every single one of them almost consistently says the same thing in their own little way is that um is that when you see things classify and polarize and it's so stark okay be prepared for something new to spring in between something new to come forward that you didn't expect to happen like something around the corner comes through and that um you know because Typically, like in Buddhism, they have the, you know, you have to understand the concept of the opposites. Um, and I repeat this over and over again, because it's a very basic understanding. You have to understand the concept of the opposites. Without the opposite, you can't see both sides of the discussion so that you can decide what you want to do next. If you only see one side and you don't see the other side, where do you go? You know, you need the mirror so you can decide okay well I like this aspect here and I like this aspect here and okay so I'm going to fuse a couple of these aspects and make something that's going to be um, much more harmonious and nature likes harmony that's the that's balance nature okay, always so likes harmony and balance so you're I like talking that. about the yin yang you're talking about the yeah. opposites and that even that that opposite is in there's a nature part of the nature inherently of that opposite in this thing so there's unity in polarity there's actually polarity in unity yeah it's the um, same yeah so that concept that field is from Taoist principles mm -hmm. and so the yin yang comes from traditional Chinese medicine, or it's, it doesn't come from, but it's a part of TCM building on the yin yang. But another aspect of theirs is um, a basic Taoist tenet is, and you brought this up, follow nature's way. Lao Tzu mm -hmm. said that. You know, so nature, the inherent nature of trees and of flowers is to grow up. It's to mm -hmm. expand. They don't grow down. There's one tree across the entire planet of species, different species of trees that limbs actually grow down. Mm -hmm. Everything else in nature grows, expands. It's the it has to, to be one that grows down. <laughs> it, it always has, has to be, be one. <laughs> Yeah, so we're just in an expansion phase, but it doesn't show up as expansion. And I find myself saying this so often that actually another podcast interviewer a while back said to me, you should get that on a t-shirt. I find that in explaining how something, what something is that's happening to someone, kind of like a question that you just asked, but something personal in their lives, they're asking me about after having gotten clearings and activations from me. Mm -hmm. I find myself consistently having to reinterpret it out of the ego mind yeah, yeah. interpretation and into the soul level, universal level interpretation of it. Um, because yeah, yeah. 
it's usually the opposite. The ego mind sees things and perceives things and labels it and judges it and evaluates it in this myopic small view when in fact, from the universe's perspective, it's usually the exact opposite. So for example, the Italian who is telling you, you guys are so identity focused and polarized. Well, okay, the mind could evaluate that. You could observe that. And yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. to a degree but what is but what is actually being meant from the bigger picture from the holistic perspective from the universe's perspective of the divine right 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 yeah it it, it what i find very interesting in um in this because we're you know we're as as people we're all we're constantly looking for ways to live our most abundant self our most abundant life whether it's in money it's in health it's in whatever we're always looking for the highest frequency or the most abundant okay and we're talking about abundance here and typically through the uh dichotomy of that polarization is where you can decide where you want to navigate for your next best abundant experience and so for me what's very hard for a lot of people um i get along with 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 my foreign friends very well um but my U.S. friends, for, for me, what is very interesting is they just can't really gauge which team I'm on. And I tell them over and over again, I'm not on any team at all. It's like it's like trying to brand me as, well, you are um, a Chevy girl or you are a GM girl, you know, I mean, th- those kind of identity with people identify with their cars, same kind of thing with the politics. But when you take the labels off of the cars, they all look like the same car. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so now you just evaluate based on its performance and based on its track record because you don't have the branding and the marketing and the propaganda and all, all that. Of that you're saying. It's all ego. It's all ego. That's all ego. The this car is a luxury because it's this, it has this brand. And then there's this, you know, when you drive it, it's gonna make you feel and look like this, whatever. This is all the marketing play that plays into ego but when you strip it off then you just have the core concept and um when i am discussing anything um especially with current affairs i am looking at the core concept uh there there is no teams involved and so um and so oftentimes uh, sometimes i will switch from here then i'll switch from here maybe i'll go in the middle maybe i'll just sit back and watch you guys do get out so I can see what happens and then go, okay, well, this is ridiculous. I'm going to move forward and create this. So this is the next question I have for you um, in your work of building abundance and kind of magic money abundance is how do you develop that magic formula in trying times so that you don't get caught up with the, the whiplash, I guess, <laughs> or, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like, it feels like you're getting hit all over the place how do i how do i know what's right how do i know what's real how do i know this you know i mean you just everybody feels like they they have a, a neck pain because they're having whiplash from everything going on so how can we navigate to get the best and highest most abundant experience through these trying times so um my signature program is called magic manifestation and money flow that's in part why she's using those terms you guys um so magic manifestation and money flow is named what it is because my sense of it from what i've seen in working with people so when i came back in 2010 the market had just crashed now i had 
by moving into the international school system and over to Asia and having my, the contract negotiated the way I did, I increased my net cash flow income by 60%. Mm. So I was tucked away nicely while the market was crashing. I came back to the States expecting to talk about spiritual awakening and holistic health and wellness, spiritual path. And everybody I was put in front of in the workshops were worried about money. They couldn't hear what I was teaching and, and I, I could see it. And I'm like, okay, so what is on your mind right now? I, I would interrupt content. I had come in there, you know, as an ex-classroom teacher yeah. talking about to deliver. And I would see that they couldn't follow um, and they weren't there present with me receiving. And so I understood from their responses, asked a bunch of different workshops, a bunch of different times, a bunch of different people, not that money. Cause it was pretty obvious mm-hmm. money. So I became unexpectedly, ridiculously proficient in doing money clearings and in running Mm. money clearings and activations on people unexpectedly. Now, meanwhile, it helped me because I had never been in the corporate world. I had never been in a six-figure job. Mm. I got close to that when I moved overseas, but I was a teacher. And before that, I had been in a nonprofit. So I I, I was not used to operating from a profit motivation and owning my own business that's has been a six-figure business for years now um i required some activations on myself about Mm -hmm. like how do i open up to receive more how do i open up to see other possibities um i can go into more of that in just a bit so i was surprised by going in that direction and so I created magic manifestation and money flow because what I came to understand about money is the same thing as even it's a little bit different than health, but it's neutral money itself Mm -hmm. is neutral, but we have our projections. And I talk about this in all of my books. We're like projectors on top of a neck. We -hmm. take our past, we take our experiences, we take our conclusions about the way the world works, the way people react to me, the way money reacts to me, the way people happen to surround me or get away from me when I'm at a party, the way people react when I show up into Starbucks and wait in line, the way people mm-hmm. react when I, you know, blah, blah, blah. We have all these definitions about um, the world that we project out with our expectations. So we're creating on a neutral reality. Mm-hmm. We're just repeating our past. We do that with money as well. And so when we're in, when we start addressing all the back of the house beliefs and that are at the unconscious and subconscious level, the traumas, the conditioning, the imprints, the karma, I call it the back of the house consciousness. When we work with that and we free up because it's only about 10%, 15 at most that we are hearing our mind's thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's only 10 to 15% of what actually exists in our consciousness. It's at least 85, if not over 90%. I think it's higher than 90 from all my experience in working with people that everybody's creating their day-to-day life from. It's the robot mode. And mm-hmm. so when you are a girl Let's say you're a single woman and you want to get over the bad boy complex. You want to start dating a good guy. You want to open up to thinking a sensitive guy, a soft man could give good sex. Because I remember talking with a buddy of mine. He's a, he's a, he was a sensitive, beautiful man, but not like, you know, a, a big man's man. He was sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so he said to me, yeah, we, we, we get to be a lot of friends, but we don't get a lot of sex <laughs> with women. So 
there's all these, def, def, so let's say a woman wants to come out of that pattern and, and consider having a sensitive guy. When she goes to a party, if you have done no work on your own consciousness, right. you're not going to see the sensitive guy. You're going to, you're going to come into the party and because like attracts like what your thoughts at the conscious level already are and more so what you're looking towards bad boys for at the unconscious, right. subconscious level to reinforce unconscious conclusions about how you are with men, how your dad was with you, how you are with romance, all mm. of this other stuff that dictates your choices, what you see and don't see as possibilities, you'll end up going to the part of the party where that bad boy is in the corner, as opposed to not even ever having your peripheral vision see yeah. or perceive the sensitive guy. So yeah. when we clear out that back of the house consciousness and where that allows us to shift more into alignment with yeah. the flow and that overall flow is an upsurging of more energy released from the blocked positioning whether in the back of the house consciousness literally at the back of the brain like i'm pointing to or right. in relevant chakra closed down at the bodily level depending on the topic of the belief or the trauma or the karma because every chakra covers one of the main domains of life right mm -hmm. so once we clear that out and we then therefore become more in alignment with having more vital life force energy coming in and we're allowing it to come in and distribute throughout our system, we're in the flow. And from there we can manifest as if by magic and that includes money and mm -hmm. that includes clarity and that includes in intuitive guidance. And that includes, right. especially the, at the fifth chakra, more courage to choose based on what our intuitive guidance is showing us. Because I feel like when people are asking questions in as far as who do I believe all of this different divergent information is coming in, who do I trust? How do I make heads or tails out of this? That happens only because you're externally focused. It's right. when you're not anchored in your own center and in your own knowing, you can be knocked about like a sailboat mm -hmm. by the winds. But mm -hmm. when you have your own grounded knowing and connection to your higher self, as we say in yoga, which mm -hmm. I have come to understand, then comes the divine. So when you... And I'm not in the land or territory right now of saying, but what, how can you trust it? What if it's your imagination? I'm saying we've moved beyond that now because part mm -hmm. of the clearing that happens is that you begin to be able to discern, here's my conscious mind with its thoughts that are leading me astray. Right. I cannot listen to them and you released more consciousness so you can have more at your disposal in the present moment to make a higher vibratory choice, meaning one that will lead to a higher vibration outcome, a higher vibratory outcome, because you're making it from a higher vibratory place. So you can trust your guidance once you've done a certain amount of personal development and clearing an activation. And mm -hmm. so there's no question here of what if my intuition is wrong? Because as I teach my vibrational upgrade practitioners in training, when you're channeling the light on behalf of somebody else, mm -hmm. that light has an intelligence of its own. Somebody right. can come to me, and this has happened over and over again with chronic back pain. And I am seeing that at, I'm at their knees, and this is when the most heat is going on to their knees. Their knees are hurting, mm -hmm. and the most heat's coming out of my hands, and I'm in a sweat. But yeah. it's the back that they came to me for chronic back pain in the back. Why, why are the knees drawing so much attention? Mm -hmm. I could also not even be at the knees. I could be opening up their session. I'm at the crown chakra and all of the energy is going towards their knee. None of it's going towards their back. And they're talking within three minutes of the opening of the session. I'm still at their crown. They're saying, Oh my God, my knee hurts because this life force, she has an intelligence of its own. So I, it's not up to me. Yeah. You're just a facilitator. Yeah. You're just a conduit for the energy yeah yeah 
you know, and, and, and your, your vibrational upgrade system. Um, so how can somebody, let, let's talk about health really quick, because health is on top of everybody's mind on yeah. how they can, you know, increase or use energy medicine to increase their immune system, uh, make sure their body is, is optimal. Um, so, you know, right now people really want to know how, how can they use this consciousness technology and connect to that light um, to upgrade the system in which their body or in which their soul is embodied in their body, whatever condition it or state it is in currently, whether it's in pain, whether it's chronically in pain, whether it, you know, whatever state it's in, um, how can we use the vibrational upgrade system to upgrade the, to the most abundant body we can have? So whatever having, our cards are. Okay. Well said. I'm having my, um, intuition flag that there's some listeners that will benefit from me framing it this way, which is atypical to go into on an interview. The abuse of the body is the abuse of the feminine. Hmm. Relating to the body. So if we were to break it down in yin yang and part everything's rebalancing in this mm -hmm. 20 year window, including the masculine and the feminine, not genders specifically, but within me, my masculine and feminine is balancing is rebalancing and then societal wide and then in our institutions and so masculine is young masculine is a son mm -hmm. yin is female feminine part of me yin is the moon yin is intuition yin is seeding something not talking about something as soon as you have an idea but letting it seed letting it grow in the dark like a baby growing in the womb yang mm -hmm. is taking an action step so mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a brief description for those who don't know. And so part of the feminine is the earth. Part of the feminine is the embodiment. Part of the feminine is getting in touch with the body. And I find it really eye-opening the amount of abuse women heap on themselves with their mm -hmm. body image, the contortion that women do. I mean, I'm a personal trainer, for God's sakes. I've been a gym mm -hmm. rep for decades. I'm also a yoga teacher. I've done my own contortion of my body. You know, as I'm sitting there doing bicep curls, you know, I'm I, I am sculpting my body. You right. Know? So I, I've, I've been a little bit more friendly with my body because I've been mm -hmm. asking it to work with me as opposed to you must look like this. Um, so I feel like that's a start to responding to like the understanding that our bodies are here in collaboration with us. Mm -hmm. They're not something we lug around. They're not something that we detach from. I have, I became a vegetarian as soon as I learned at, at age 23, as soon as I learned that um, there were, the, there was the gunk in the dairy products and that the cows were taking up more land. And if I ate uh, lower on the, or pardon me, higher up, I'm going in reverse now. Remind me what it is. Is it lower on the food chain when I eat veggie? You know, it's veggie foods and veggies are higher up on the food chain. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I, it's been a long time since I've talked about yeah. this. Um, <laughs> higher on the food chain is the vegetarian. So if I ate that, I take up less uh, resources. And so if I ate to eat the meat that needed the grass to graze on, then I would be helping the earth. But when I learned about the hormones that were in pumped into the dairy to have them produce more milk and more meat in the chickens to have them produce more eggs and more meat. My whole body went into an up against the spine erect. Oh, I don't want that in me. It was a bodily mm. response when I learned that right. and I've never, I've never eaten meat since. So mm. I have always like, even at 19, I learned about my first green 
product, spirulina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been on it ever since because I was like, hey, man, if spirulina has more chlorella in it and chlorella is what the leaves use to be green and right. that green captures the sunlight, how much light will my system capture if yeah. I have the chlorella in me? And so right. ever since then, right. So working in collaboration with my body, giving it the support it needs to be heartily nourished and, su- and to support such a high vibration as mine and to allow my vibration to go higher. I mean, the bodies have to adjust. It's really interesting. When I take my students meet me from around the world twice a year on retreats in Glastonbury, England, and they receive their training and attunements there and we go to sacred sites. And so mm-hmm. they're blasted. And it yeah. usually takes them like about two months to get back into their bodies. And it's yeah. so fun to watch the integration process because old aches and pains that have been chronic will disappear um, as the body integrates the higher vibrations. So our bodies are, are temples. They're here to support us. And if you ask your body, like if you do enough work to get beyond identifying, these are my, this is my mental desire. I feel like right. eating potato chips. And instead you actually ask your body and can perceive and feel what it genuinely wants. It's pulled towards fish instead of um, the chicken that night. And you can work with your body in a collaborative effort and, and, and it will respond. It's alive all, and, it, re, and yeah. it totally reconverts itself. Every seven years, we get entirely new cells, but all of it's alive. Work with your gut. The I remember I was driving home on my scooter. Um, there was a local health food store that made organic yogurt. Mm. And I used to go there multiple times a week not multiple times a week, like once a week to get multiple jars of freshly made right. yogurt at home. And they'd be in my black box on the back of my scooter. And I swear to God, Von, when I was driving on my scooter home, I could like feel like I had a class of kindergartners. Not that I ever taught kindergarten, <laughs> but it was like popping like energy, like liveness. Like, oh, oh, right. yeah. yeah, I could feel the bacteria's aliveness, you know? Uh-huh. So, so if we have that kind of consciousness in our gut, all that bacteria in our gut to break down our food and we feed it happy, conscious, alive bacteria. There's a merging there. There's an, there's a programming there too of like, respond to this. I'm giving you what you need to live and thank you, the body says. So here, let's live. Yeah. So, and people come to me, they've come to me throughout the years and I've given interviews. And when I had my own radio show, they would talk about uh, health issues. And I frequently especially from living in Asia and especially from doing the studies I've done, I would diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure. You can eat your way out of it. Food is <laughs> like, medicine. Eat your way I mean, out of it. That's a good bumper sticker. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's so, it's so funny. There's a, there's a province in uh, China and it's called the protein myth. And um, mm. a man who was on my radio show, actually, I interviewed about this. And he worked with John Robbins, who was going to inherit the Baskin and Robbins empire. And mm. instead of him imp- inheriting the ice cream empire, he went out and looked at all the dairy farms, was horrified by what he saw and wrote A Diet for a New America. That's the book I read that made me become a vegetarian. Same with David oh. So John Robbins invited this guy on. Um, and I, I, was at a, a, I was working with them all at a, a conference in L.A. Mm. And... This guy was the first guy, uh, he was on the first food pyramid for the USDA, and he was sitting around a table with a bunch of beef and dairy and cattle people. Mm -hmm. And so that was the only time he was on the board to create the pyramid that is our food guidelines because everybody else was biased because they were in that industry profiting from an increase in beef and dairy and uh, cattle or or poultry industries being consumed more. 
Well, and, and you oh, hold on. You, let me you, just finish this oh, point. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. So he went. Over, he had a study called the protein myth, and he went over to a province in China, and they had they were mostly vegetarians. And so when they introduced a diet rich in protein, when it what was understood is once they went over to twelve percent of a person's diet being contained of protein, the people started kicking in with the typical Western um, mm-hmm. situations or health uh, issues like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. As soon as other countries have had the Western or more American diet introduced to them, those markers start coming in. You can eat your way out of it because you've eaten your way into it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, um, yeah, I, 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 you're you're welcome. You say so many wonderful things that I like, Oh, I have a question about that thing, but, um, I can stop. (laughs) No, no, no. It's wonderful. You know, I, um, I, I know like, you know, I, I grew up with the, the Asian food diet. So we have the stir fry and there's like a, there's literally like maybe 10% of it is meat. Everything else is fruits and vegetables and rice and all that kind of stuff. But as I've grown older and I, and I go out to restaurants and I, you know, I'll, um, I'll eat with um, different people. It, you know, it is a stark reality that they're, that, that on a regular basis, some people sit there with a huge plate of steak every night, a couple of times in the day. It's like, you hardly ever, ever see a vegetable in there. So um, it is kind of a cultural thing. And um, the thing that you said about, um, so everybody can, can can lower down the meat intake a little bit and just, you know, try to find foods and recipes that have a little bit more fruits and vegetables in it. And there's plenty of it in, in Asian um, and also Mediterranean and in other countries that have really delicious um food recipes that have like maybe 10% meat in the whole um, in the whole uh, serving even like my favorite pho like if I get like chicken pho or something there's maybe only 10% or less of that is meat everything else is just fruits and vegetables and and so forth so um, and you know you're not going to miss it that much so that's just that's just my my personal um opinion we when are it comes conditioned to-, to eat more protein than what's necessary and great yeah. part is in the profit the industries who are creating that meat meat yeah and th- you have to also kind of wonder about these um scientific research because we learned from um like the cigarette company that they had come out early on with scientific research that cigarettes aren't cancerous they don't cause you know he- health problems and then obviously it got to a boiling point where people um, we're getting serious illnesses and lung cancer and whatever from um, heavy cigarette smoking for a long period of time. And so once it reaches that saturation point, it's no longer sound scientific research that was funded by the exact company that causes it. So, you know, you kind of have to, to take a step back and look at some of these and just kind of um, have a open mind to read between the lines that's why I always say don't be too into don't be too polarized in your identity politics because you might miss some really critical information that could help you out because yeah, you're so you focused on point. one side and that's not good and also people are so concerned about being manipulated because that's part of what's purging um you know the the being truthful the being aligned with uh, not telling little white lies um and being everybody being able to kind of see through one's motives. It, so it's it's interesting to me to hear what you're saying too, because it makes me, I see people dismissing information. Like I could be marketing something. I have a business and, mm-hmm. and, and, guess, and guess what? I have been marketing inspiration. I have been resistant and refusing to market fear-based marketing 
the entirety of my business because I don't want to be part of the problem, mm -hmm. pushing the fear. Um, but interestingly, people tend to respond to taking action on behalf of their themselves when they have a problem to get out of right. rather than when they want more for themselves. Right. That won't motivate them to take as much action as um, having a problem to get out of. So I have sometimes collapsed that one time and played with it. And I just played it with it again today. And do you know, the one time I, I was working with my business coach and, and she, I finally said, okay, let me, let me try it. Let me sit out of the resistance and let me just go with it. I got uh -huh. more victim mentality clients in. Um, ah. victim. Yeah. So we have so much conditioning hitting us from advertising, but at the same time, I see people nowadays from the, what's gone on during um, in America during the political campaigns of 16 and 20, yeah. as well as COVID, like there's now an overemphasis on you can't trust anything you read online. Um, you, you, you can't believe anything because everybody has an ulterior motive. I have an ulterior motive and it's to get you freed up because, you know, the more free you are, the more free the people around you are, the more free and light our world is. I absolutely have an ulterior motive. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, you know, because we're, we're talking about abundance here, and one of the biggest things that right now in current medical news or current affairs is about the our health. So, you know, um, since you since you brought up COVID, because um, you know the uh, the algorithm will pick up the the text, the wording, and then they'll scan the wording that we say out mm -hmm. as well. So, um, anyways, but there's a growing number of censorship regarding people who uh, are coming out worldwide who um, are part of the minority that get adverse side effects from COVID shot. So um, I actually know a nurse here at my local um, Everett Clinic, which is like a major hospital here. Um, and she got it because of peer pressure. She was one of the very few and she just went and got it because of peer pressure. She, fin she finally said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go get it. Um, she hasn't been able to, she's been part of the minority. She hasn't been able to walk for a week. Okay, real story. And um, she went to the, her doctors that she works with and they, they asked her, did you get the vaccine? And she said, yes, a week ago. And they said, um, we don't know how to help you. We have not come, we, we don't know how to treat this. This is completely new to the medical profession. Um, there's not enough information and data that has come through yet. So for those small people who do get adverse reactions from this, um, we're entering new new charted territory. So uh, the person's um, friend asked me, you know, until and to, uh, to because I, I do this podcast on energy healing, and they asked me if if medicine can't help with some of these people who have um, adverse reactions to this specific um, shot, can energy healing address it? I mean, what what can we do to help these people and empower them with these severe medical ailments that are showing up um, so that they don't see themselves as a victim and so that they can move forward um, you know, with higher frequency of, and more resonance in their life? Because they don't want to spend the rest of their life feeling like they're a victim and that they've been, um, you know, taking for a ride, you know, whatever. So there, there are these people and they are coming forward. People don't want to hear them, um, but they exist. 
So what what can we do for these people? I don't want to talk about what you've just brought up. I feel mm. like everybody's personal choice and it's too contentious of an issue and people mm. are all over the board with it. And it goes yeah. back to listening to your own guidance. Mm. It goes back to getting yourself aligned in a way so that you can hear your own guidance and working in collaboration with your body. Mm -hmm. So the one thing I will say about this is I have a brother who is spiritual and in the yogic field mm -hmm. and was concerned about getting the vaccine, the, the shot, um, because he felt like as a spiritual person, it's just not something people in the spiritual community do. He mm -hmm. felt guilty as if he had failed somehow because the nature of his home life um, and what his wife does for a living, it was going to be nearly impossible for him to escape um, doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we had a conversation and it's basically like, if I can do clearings and activations to clear old blocks, mm -hmm. that's the mind-body connection. I talk extensively about the mind-body connection, automatic triggers right? in my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong? And it's like a text exploring how it works. Mm -hmm. So you can go there and read that if you want. The bottom line is that if we can clear out what makes automatic triggers happen at the consciousness level. Like whenever we go to work and we walk by that person's cubicle, we have come to have an automatic trigger of, I don't like that person. I don't right. like their energy. Mm -hmm. And it could be because they remind you of, of a feeling that you had growing up that you don't like having. And right. so you don't even consciously know why you don't like them. You just decide you don't like them. And it triggers that same aversion every time you walk by their desk at work or cubicle. Mm -hmm. So if we can clear out those conscious mind in, that involve unconsciousness triggers, that is the mind-body connection. If our body's going to freeze every time, it has a bodily reaction along with the consciousness conclusion showing up from the unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. I don't like that person. The body freezes, it tenses. We can also talk, do that in reverse. We can work in collaboration with our body and ask our body to accept what we're doing integrated into our system for our highest and best. Mm -hmm. We are taught, yeah, I'm not a medical doctor. I have been studying the holistic model for decades. Mm -hmm. Uh, Western science, as I say in my first book, what if there's nothing wrong, Western medicine rather is really good with surgeries and equipment and tools and diagnostics. That's its strengths, trauma, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but to go for it for things like diabetes or, or high blood pressure or cholesterol, you, when you can eat your way out of it and for what are known as lifestyle induced health challenges you can make different lifestyle choices. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just food and nutrition. I mean, working on your consciousness so that the certain part of your body and then the relative internal organs aren't challenged. If you had more fresh vital life force energy, which is 
meant to flow when a chakra is open because chakra means wheel. So it's turning that fresh right. life force energy in that area and in that to that gland and to those organs and along your central nervous system, the more you have of that fresh, vital life force. I mean, mm-hmm. listen to that, that translation we have for chi and for prana, fresh, vital life force energy. It's also the second half of Reiki, ki. Right. The more you have of that flushing throughout your system, your body, the healthier you're going to be. So I am not only talking about nutrition, but there are not, but so there are choices that you can make in ways to commune, engage in more communication and communion mm-hmm. and collaboration with your body. Cause all of those prefixes calm means with, mm-hmm. you are with your body. You're not separate from your body. It's not separate from you. And there is aliveness in all of the cellular matrix, all the cells all throughout your system. So you have the ability to, in a, in a more aligned state, and when you have a higher vibration, it's easier to do, frankly, make commands. Yeah. So yeah, it, it goes back down to the same thing when people are saying, I'm getting bombarded by information. I don't know which way yeah. um, is the truth. Yes, you do. And you're not a victim. Mm-hmm. And part of the game is to make you feel like you don't know. So you just have to stay a victim to the outer authorities. Right. There's a lot of hype around this whole gig. And um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say something I've not ever said publicly. While I feel some... I've seen some of the results. Let me give you the story. A woman is at a, a health a health spa. Uh, it's a gym I used to work out at. It was all mm-hmm. women. And um, this woman is in her 60s. And she sees a woman in her 90s. And the woman in her 90s is really spry. Doesn't have a cane. Doesn't have any walking issues. All great. They're in the steam mm-hmm. room. The 60-year-old says to the 90-year-old, my God, how are you so spry and healthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've never taken Western meds. I know that when I went to... Uh, travel after the political career around the world. I was hitting Africa. I was hitting India. I was going to Thailand. I was going to um, a lot of places. I had to get vaccinations to keep me safe in those countries. Mm-hmm. Got a little yellow card with the stamps for those vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, while I understand profit motive and I understand how it changes someone's vibration and it changes someone's biochemistry to take pharmaceuticals. And that is not always the best choice when there are other options. Um, When you work with consciousness and you talk to your body that has more power than has been deemed. So I could what I was going to say that I said I've never set up before in public is that I, I don't feel that vaccines have some sinister element to them. I don't feel like, like I remember talking to my dad um, about this when my mom was diagnosed with a brain tumor and I helped with the energy medicine. I do wipe it off her brain so that the doctor holding the MRI results said, keep doing whatever you're doing. It's a miracle because it's gone. Mm-hmm. And I was an Indian doctor and I was using part of what comes from his own country. Right. Um, so 
it's 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 not all good and all bad and you can just paint your brush with everything about them i have to avoid mm-hmm. because it's that's a juvenile approach it's a resistant rebellious approach there are parts of western medicine that are that are, are helpful mm-hmm. and um i have a scientist client and he has i asked him I, i'm going into this more than i was comfortable doing I, I just want to say the bottom line is I, I don't believe in the sinister intentions boiled into positive intentions of like the United States and distributing the vaccine around the world. Like I don't believe there is some programming or some chip in it that's going to make us into a herd of cattle. Like there is some messed up ideas out there mm. about what about this. And it's just not it's just too out there. I mean, get grounded in your body. I mean, there is sinister stuff that happens and stay away from it, but it just isn't. I've been in politics. I have a master's in public administration. I've studied the government. I've worked closely with it before. It just doesn't operate at that level of sinisterism and then turn around and altruistically spend millions of dollars of our tax money delivering it around the world. It's not logical. So everybody's system is unique and different. Mm-hmm. And so everybody is going to have their own reaction. They have their own history. They have their own karma. They have their own biochemistry. They have their own blood chemistry. They have mm-hmm. their own um, diet and exercise, lifestyle practices and, and stress levels. Mm-hmm. So there's ways to create increasing abundance of health. Are you going to choose them? You mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. I, 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 this whole thing about being a victim, I, I, I just honestly see it as a lot of whining, if I were to be totally frank, because mm-hmm. you can get quiet, you can go in the woods, you can unplug the godforsaken phone, you can get your back up against a tree, you can get your beer feet on the ground, and you can ask your higher self, is this in my highest and best? What is going on here? Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. have a journal with you and write it down, what comes through? Get a highlighter later and highlight through it. I yeah. would not trust the first notebook entry though, because that is probably going to be a purging. I used to teach this in the That's classroom. the program. The first one the first one is typically the program that comes out. In the free writing format, not in, in mm. when you're asking without writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's ways to get your own answer. I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's not my right. It's not my responsibility. Um, but you asked for me to kind of talk around the issue and- there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to add a little bit something about that because um, people who, I mean, I acknowledge people with this specific shot. I acknowledge and I've, I've known some who are getting um, severe illnesses and they have a clean medical history before uh, months later. And it's not a majority. It is right now a, min- a minority. And we will see what happens because the game hasn't fully revealed itself um, quite yet. But, but why do you call it a game? Well, um, in Buddhism, we call this whole thing um, your soldier. Okay, so from that perspective, because it doesn't that come pers- across like yeah, that. I know. Okay. So your soldier is your journey. And another interpretation is your vacation. It's your game. It's your path, whatever you want to, you know, term it like that. So it's um, it's a game for the consciousness. Yep. So um, anyways, but 
With regards to people having severe medical issues that crop up, whether it's from this specific vaccine, whether it's from an accident, whether it's from anything that induces or paves way to um, illness in the body, whether severe or light, whatever it is. Um, in Buddhism, we know that everyone is energy. And the only difference is the level of energy that your consciousness radiates at. That's why different people radiate um, different levels of consciousness and attract to themselves different experiences based on that level of consciousness. Now, whatever is going on with your physical body, whatever illness is going on in your physical body, um, you can go above that frequency and reach for higher frequencies. And so it's kind of like you heal the lower um, waves with a higher wave. You know, so it's almost kind of like we're going a little sci-fi here, but actually the French uh, virologist Luc Montagnier, who has been um, highly censored in talking about um, wave medicine for people who have adverse reactions um, to this specific one. Um, and a lot of uh, medical research around the world are looking into wave research where they basically... It's just energy medicine. Wave it's is just energy medicine. It's it is. It's subatomic level. It's waves. It's quantum physics. It's basic. It's just, it's everything is energy at the subatomic exactly. level. Exactly. And when exactly. we think about something intensely or it's a trauma or we think about something repeatedly, it collapses a wave into a particle and that's the beginning of physicalization of something. It's just yeah. energy. It's not anything bigger than it is exactly what it is. So they're getting into the Western concept of energy medicine. And basically, for people who have different chronic illnesses that crop up for various reasons, they're testing different wave um, medicine or energy medicine to address that. And it's in the infancy in the West, but in the East, we just call it energy medicine. And the way in which you address um, imbalance or disease in your body for whatever caused it, um, is to get quantum and bring up um, higher frequencies of energy medicine from um, source, from the light, from Christ consciousness, from whatever you want to label that, that entity or that being that isn't everybody. So you kind of have to get out of your lower consciousness of thinking you're just your body and go higher um and 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 work on those um things that are lowering down your frequency and your consciousness and go higher in your consciousness and when you go higher in your consciousness everything that that is um not functioning in a harmonic state with your new frequency it will disappear it will cease and that's what you've seen with um with your mom and doing the energy um medicine on her brain and uh, there's been a lot of research in in Asia on energy medicine on people who cured cancers, who cured, um, you know, Alzheimer's, who cured scoliosis and realign scoliosis in their back that has been around for a long time. All of a sudden, it's, it re it's realigned. So we're going into the quantum fields of understanding this ancient concept of energy medicine to address severe um, life-threatening illnesses that come forth instead of being um, the human guinea pig to all of these procedures and medicines and all of that kind of stuff. So um, it was going to be interesting to see where it goes, but I, I, I say this and I bring this up because this is 
ramping up in terms of consumers having these um, medical issues that modern medicine is not able to help them with. So they're going to energy medicine and um, now they're in knocking on our front door. So this is a challenge for energy medicine. Well, yeah. I, I know my first book um, was written my 10th year living in Asia when I was, it started out as my dissertation for my PhD. And I quote the, the scientific tools that had been created at that time to measure mm -hmm. subtle energy. I'm not aware of any of the studies you're talking about. Were you reading those in uh, Chinese or Japanese? Or when you say these Asian studies have been done. What oh, it's, I've, been, I've, been, they, they, I've been reading it for the last 20 years. So I'm, I'm not, but what um, what's that? In English? In English, yeah. And you yeah, can watch I'm, videos and, and there's, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot. You, you can just Google it and there's, there's plenty. So scientific journals from universities, um, from the I, I, I don't find the measurement is that plentiful. Um, mm. But what I, and I don't find from my experience that in Asia, they talk, they label it as energy medicine because it's already, it's so implied that working with energy is a medicine that they would never think to put those, they don't put those two phrases together Yeah. from my experience. Um, so I, I feel like energy medicine is a Western created term from my mm -hmm. experience and everything mm -hmm. I've seen. And I know that for me, I find in my I was working with health issues for at least 15 years. People, I feel like are, are used to thinking of, and I was just doing, this is my third interview today. I was just doing on the interview prior to this when I was talking about how I feel like people see energy medicine. I don't even use the word healer. People mm -hmm. use it though, thinking that this is what I have to do if I can't get it resolved from Western medicine. I feel like that's old school um, mm -hmm. thinking. I, I, I why would you like, I don't use or think of working with consciousness and energy as a way to solve problems. I think of it as mm -hmm. a way to release all the latent potential. Well, right. I used to work with health issues. I had to go so high to apply the subtle energy to influence the physical, because when something's physicalized, it takes a lot more subtle energy to change it. If we can catch it at the mental, spiritual, emotional level before it physicalizes, it's easier mm -hmm. when it's like more in the waveform and it's less solidified it subtle energy is able to influence it more it doesn't mean to say i don't mean to say you can't resolve physical issues i have just had great news today where a woman because of the work she'd done on her consciousness mm -hmm. and on having less density in her heart chakra area ended up with a less of a cancer diagnosis for her breast than the doctors were expecting yeah so um there's that's and I consider that a side benefit that wasn't why she was working with me she was working with me to lighten up her life and, and move forward and not feel so heavy or in triggered and negative. Mm -hmm. So I don't, um, I hear your question when you're asking about health. I, I didn't um, intend to come on today's show talking about health, nor where we went, um, and nor did I, I really want to talk about what's happening with the current state of coming out of um, what COVID has brought in. So um, I'm a little uncomfortable, frankly, about that um, discussion, but nonetheless, um, Yes, energy medicine is used for helping the body because the body isn't as solid and real as it seems and everything mm -hmm. is consciousness. So if you think of consciousness as not only mind, the three levels of the brain, the subconscious, unconscious, and conscious mind, mm -hmm. but you also think of it as 
uh, consciousness, like the life force that flows through the chakras when mm -hmm. you're doing a yoga pose, every yoga mm -hmm. pose is designed to open up a couple of chakras, mm -hmm. then that's more of the life force flowing. That's also, you can inter you can call that also consciousness. Yeah. So there, in my world, there is an, an, a huge overlap between um, working with your consciousness, spiritual path, spiritual development, enlightenment path, and just having bodily health. It's to go to energy medicine for just bodily healing. It's never where it ends because everything is holistic. And so why would you make that bad food choice consistently because of conditioning? Let's clear the conditioning because mm -hmm. you feel like you're not worthy of having a healthy body. Well, let's clear that. Let's clear the trauma that caused you to close down in your sacral area because of the sexual abuse. I mean, there's always all of this other stuff at mm -hmm. around something physicalized that we have to peel off in order to have the physical things shift. So yet I still find it extremely limiting to think of using energy medicine only for a physical issue. In fact, I feel like if somebody isn't proactively nowadays going after their own spiritual development, um, then they're going to have a crisis to force them to. Well, that's what medical, it, like you, I have, um, Dr. K, you're my 53rd podcast interview. This is my first season. So uh, and I've interviewed many different um, energy healing modality practitioners of and authors. And I would say half of them got into this because of a severe medical illness that yeah. could not be addressed. They tried everything and they- In my story, sister. Nothing worked. And I, I'm talking, uh, and, and they would go over the story of feeling like they're being electrocuted, feeling like they're going to throw up every day, feeling like they couldn't, you know, walk. I mean, like just- horrible stories feeling like their immune system is attacking them um you know whatever the horrible stories of severe um illnesses that's causing severe pain and they, they dealt with it for years going through um with doctors and they couldn't address it and so they had hit a brick wall and they said you know what i'm going to start looking at um you know, the Eastern, alternative um, yeah, Eastern alternative I tried everything. I might as well. And, and they went there and they started doing the cleanup, the purging of all of their um, dense issues in their life, the, the, the healing of their traumas, the looking to live a more organic and clean life. The, you know, I mean, the whole holistic, everything you talk about the whole, and then you write about and teach the whole holistic aspect to kind of how they have a more harmonious relationship with reality. And by doing all that work, they raise their frequency, they raise their consciousness so much so that, um, I want to share this with the world. Or this could help I, yes. Yes. I want to share my experience. Stuff. I want to share how I did it. I went there. I had that chronic autoimmune issue. I had that cancer. I had that I couldn't walk. I had that my, my body feels like being electrocuted all the time and my brain is going to burst. You know, I had all of that, whatever, whatever the story is, severe medical illnesses cause half of the people that I have interviewed who are experts in their modality to get into their path of ascension, awakening and enlightenment and raising their frequency to get connection to the Christ consciousness within them and everybody else. It if took look, that to get them there. If you look at my certifications, I have a behavioral change specialist certification. I have fitness in 
longevity nutrition certification along with my personal trainer certification. I am a yoga teacher. I have uh, focused on tonic herbalism. So I am very much focused on the body and on yeah. optimizing our systems. I, I hear you, Vaughn. And, and for me, you can see I'm bored. I'm not with <laughs> you, but I'm bored with the topic of turning to energy medicine as like the end all because you've already tried everything that's acceptable and i'm also bored with the whole market that's developed around people who have a natural healing who have a healing crisis not a healing crisis who have something to heal they go through western medicine they don't find a way to heal it they go to alternative medicine or energy medicine i'm not going to put energy medicine in quotes they use yeah. that and because they have found through another way to heal their issue, they want to talk about it. There's a whole industry. And I, mm-hmm. I, I coach my um, practitioners and my students and clients, you know, that there's a whole industry that wants you to help to get your voice heard. So they're mm-hmm. banking on you having like fifth chakra blockages. They're banking on you having self-esteem blockages. And so they're going to come after you and um, say, I'll help you write this book. I'll help you get your voice heard. I'll help you get your story heard. And I know that this is radically upsetting to some people. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry for that. But it really, it's there is such a typical, because this worked for me, I need to share it with others. And a whole industry around that of taking people's money to help them do that. And it's these sweet, loving, kind, caring, compassionate hearts that just want to share. And then they get taken advantage of. I've seen it and it was tried on me. And so what I want to also add to that though, is that when I am training vibrational upgrade practitioners in vibrational upgrade systems of energy medicine and applied Mm -hmm. mindfulness, the second level is it's interesting because the second level is master level. Then there's dragon master level then there's grand dragon mm-hmm. master level. Mm-hmm. And at master level, after they first learn how to work, how energy flows within their own system and they've learned how to work in themselves, they've had enough clearing so that they've raised their vibration and are clear enough to then go and work on others. The next level is being able to, is at the master level. And it's frequently at that level after they've been cleared, I say, okay, you're ready. When I, you just now said the word cleared to go work on other people. The next thing that happens naturally in their development is how not to openly share with everybody, how not to go in and help just because you can, how not to go in and give just because you can. And what I see them doing is instead paring down and, um, in intensifying their power because it's targeted in a direction of somebody who is actively choosing to receive the help and mm-hmm. want the help and will make great use of it. So it's intensifying their power as a matter of fact. So I, I feel like there's a, I almost, there's a, there's a balance because it, it can feed into your spiritual ego as well. Adoration of other people is just spiritual materialism by Chogyam Trungpa. Oh, right. I'm not talking about that though. Okay. At all. I'm talking about almost the exact opposite of it Mm. as if like you get fed by my ego and that's not even spiritual ego. That's just ego. I want to be heard. Mm. I'm not doing this because I want to be heard. I'm doing this because I see things and have chosen things and have experienced things that I am shown works over and over again, instead of living on a desert Island, like scuba diving and kayaking, you know, fun. what? <laughs> Which is fun. <laughs> well, I do that anyway in my life. But I, what I'm saying is I keep doing what I'm doing because it works, not because I have to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's not from a deficit. It's your passion. It's your passion. Yeah. 
I, I, the bottom line that I'm wanting to communicate is check yourself on your motives. Um, and I see sometimes people are vulnerable because it's a, an ego, um, it's a, a, a vulnerability within their ego development mm -hmm. that they need to get fed egoically. Mm. And, and, and so genuine help comes from when you don't help even when you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it, get, it goes back to the classic case of discernment and everybody has that, that exercise. Discernment and boundaries. I always bring it up. Well, you know, Dr. K, do you have a last message or a call to action that you want the builders of fifth dimensional earth to know? Oh, that's such a great label, fifth dimensional earth. Um, I feel like a beginner's mind at this point is what would be the most helpful. Um, the concept of approaching information now with childlike curiosity and asking questions and being less geared towards having to have the answers. Um, as you've just seen me as an expert espouse answers for an hour, over an hour, right? Seems kind of hypocritical possibly. But I genuinely live with a childlike curiosity. I ask tons of questions throughout the day. I feel more comfortable asking questions than I do uh, giving answers. Because in right. the asking of a question, it's like an invite to the universe, whereas closes a door when I think I know. Mm -hmm. So in learning to work with your intuition and learning to work with your body, asking questions and allowing it to continually improve by asking an additional question the next day mm -hmm. is, is what I want to leave everybody with. Cause we are in brand new times right now. And it's a rebirth after the last super full moon and lunar eclipse. It really feels like a different time now. And there's been a lot of stuff talked about online since about 2012. And I feel like a lot of it is just confusing people and it's not mm -hmm. contributing to the actual overall vibrational upgrade we are meant and are going through and it's causing more difficulty for people. There are no simple, quick, easy fixes to spiritual development. Mm -hmm. If you stop looking for that and you instead apply yourself one growth process at a time, then you'll be better off rather than looking for the quick fixes. I know social media asks us to give quick blurbs and quick fixes and, and what are your five bullet points and what's your quick tip. And it just genuine spiritual path and development on it doesn't come in quick sound bites. Mm -hmm. And if it does, then you're not working with somebody of integrity because then you end up feeling pressured because you can't achieve the quick sound bite that they said you should be able to achieve. And then mm -hmm. you feel like a failure and then you think this stuff doesn't mean anything or doesn't work and you give up. Yeah. There's always those videos, five ways to blah, 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 or 10 ways. To I've used that marketing before five secrets to developing your intuition, you know, as a, as a masterclass I've used it because it's such yeah. a, a marketing, it's a marketing gimmick. Yeah. It's yeah. Marketing gim yeah. It, it, it gets people's attention, but I say what I just said in that very webinar. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's 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 um be patient with yourself too i mean it just i know the nature of life right now and the mind is to be impatient but what would it take for you to have more patience with yourself and this process because you know a tree doesn't become a, a sprout doesn't become a full-grown oak tree in an overnight acorn doesn't turn into oak tree overnight 
Yeah. And even when the even when the tree grows to full, uh, like a redwood tree grows to this magnificent huge tree, it spreads and expands into a forest. Yeah. And it so, blesses us with the sacredness of a redwood forest to walk yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Dr. K, you know, I had so much fun talking about your lifetime of work and your books and your courses about energy and healing and your organic approach to living a, the highest frequency reality here on spaceship, spaceship Earth, um, you know, in, in terms of abundance. So everybody, for more information about Dr. K's books, offerings, and courses, please visit her website, which is Allison, that's A-L-I-S-O-N-J-K-A-Y. So AllisonJK.com. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another very enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Namaste. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.